0: You know, there can be times with the Lord where you just think, yeah, I'm not, you know, just doing the things that you normally do. You're just going on, you know, going about your day or whatever, and you're not necessarily expecting anything major to happen. And all of a sudden, God reveals something to you, and and it's uh, it's quite a blessing. Amen. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, yeah, I just... There's some things I want to, um, some things that the Lord was showing me that I want to get a little bit more into before I reveal, and that's the only reason I'm not trying to be cryptic on purpose or anything like that, but, you know, there's some things that uh, I believe that the Lord was showing me. about the way uh, certain things work, you know, and, and sometimes where we can get into error, but uh, praise the Lord for it. That's what that was about. But I do believe that there's more for us to get into, you know, and and I think that there's something very specific about what he was saying about uh, with, you know, in regards to, you know, so often we're looking at what we can do instead of what God wants us to do, and we're really missing, uh, we're we're so some we have a tendency, uh, just as the people of God, to miss what God wants to do in any particular given instance, uh, just because we're not focused in the right area. You know, we're looking, okay, what can I do now? What can I fulfill now? Instead of specifically, what is God asking me to fulfill? Amen. And what God is asking us to fulfill isn't necessarily if you just get a good idea in your head or something like that, but it really is learning to follow his spirit, you know, to to tune into his spirit and find out uh, what God is doing. And part of that also is not just tuning in and just saying, okay, thinking about it or whatever, but it's being observant. Amen? Yeah. I told, uh, uh, I think it was you, Josh, I told early on to, uh, to, well, how did I say it? Do you remember how I said it? To watch? Just to watch. Be observant. Amen? If you're a Christian who will watch and be observant, just watch what's going on. You're going to start seeing God in some pretty miraculous ways. Some pretty amazing ways, I should say, not necessarily miraculous ways. I don't want to overhype it from that standpoint. But you'll start seeing how God's moving and what He's doing, and you'll start sensing uh, different flows, and you'll start being able to pick up in those areas. And and that's what's so important about following God. You know, He's put His Spirit on the inside of us so that we would, so that we could be led. But so often we're just not led because we just, you know, I, and there's nothing wrong with using our minds we should use our minds but you know god uh, has called us to to renew the mind so we need to make sure that we do that but if we're always thinking the thoughts that we think and thinking those are the right thoughts we're we're going to we're going to miss that because it's not renewed, right? Because then it's, it's caught up in, in what we think, amen? Praise God. But I want to get into today's message. I believe that it's uh, a good one for us. Uh, you know, there, there's, uh, and, I, and I hope that you come with an expectation of, uh, uh, you know, for unction and, and, you know, how we come to church so matters. It's not just that we show up to church. You know, some people, you know, I remember many days where I came to church and I just felt like, man, oh, I got here. Praise the Lord, I got here. You know what I mean? Have you ever had those days, you know? But, you know, by and large, that's not the way we should come to church. If we come to church that way once in a while, that's okay. But by and large, we should come with expectation, an expectation that God is going to... Somehow he uses the person that's speaking, and he's somehow going to use us as we're listening, glory to God, and somehow he's going to make sense out of all of it. Because I don't know about you, but I look around sometimes, I look at a bunch of yahoos that God has uh, given me and connected me with, and, and I include that myself in that because I'm connected to you, so you're connected to me, and I'm a yahoo too. So he's connected all these yahoos together, and a lot of times we don't have all that it takes to be able to accomplish much of anything good. But if we follow the Lord, if we follow what He wants to do, He certainly will. But one of those things is trusting Him to, uh, to do it. Amen. Having complete faith that God is able and will do what he has said he would do amen praise the Lord I don't know are we online are we able to get it online we have been having lots of issues with that and I'm gonna put this out there I'm gonna put it out there live because oh, what the heck because it's been on my heart and this is what I'm gonna do if there's somebody in here that has a particular bent towards uh, you know like I I can really learn like digital things and the way that works the Lord show me that we need to do this online thing you know Um, if it's up to us we get rid of because quite frankly my wife and I shouldn't have to be figuring it out but if there's somebody who's like bent that way is like you know what I could really be a supply there you know it might cost you to do it not cost you financially but cost you to you know to devote yourself to it but uh, you know uh, let's see us about it and let's get this thing figured out because this is a uh, uh, you know I do believe this is an important thing but on the other hand if we don't get that then we're just going to cut this all together and we're not going to have so if you don't show up, we love you, but if you don't show up, you just won't get the message. Um, and so that's a possibility, too, because we can only do with what we have to do, uh, The you know, the, the, the ability and labors we have. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So tonight's message is, what are we doing? Hallelujah. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about what we do, why we do what we do, what are we doing, what are our what are our motives and stuff like that. But really, taking a look at our lives and seeing are we really accomplishing some much? You know, I wasn't planning on talking about it, but I I, I was glad that my wife brought it back up to me or back up to us when she was talking about the the hourglass. You know, um, of course she was doing that in announcement, so anyone online wouldn't know. But but you know the hourglass. You know, as you flip it over, when you first flip it over, you you know this. Is kind kind of what I saw is when you first flip it over, you know, you, you, you're yeah, you a little bit, you know, you think about things a little bit more if you have a problem to solve, and you have so much time to solve it, you know, and so you're watching that, you, you, you first flip it over, and you're, you're feeling pretty good, and you got the time, and so you take, you explore a lot of possibilities, right, but as that sand slips away, as that sand gets less, and less, and less, and less, then you start feeling the press, you're like, okay, I, you know, surely, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been this way, but there's been times where, where I've, I've been playing a game, maybe it's a word game or something and we're doing that and I get down towards the end and you're watching that sand slip away and you almost even sometimes stop doing anything altogether, and you're just watching the sand slip away and and there's a realization that there's that pressure that it's almost gone you know and I see that with this life as we live this as I get older I wish I was telling my wife on the way down here I wish that I had known at 18 the things that I know today because if I knew at 18 the things I know today I would have been a much more effective 18 year old amen and I would have been done a lot more for the kingdom of God but all the more the, the realization that, that, that we have to that we don't have as much time left as we you know because that time slips away and, and I think one of the traps that a lot of Christians get into is that you know as life progresses they kind of just get in their flow they get into their vein and they don't realize that there's still a work to be accomplished that we shouldn't be we, we shouldn't be slowing down in the end uh, it may look different. But we should still be hungering and thirsting after God and running after him and getting all that he wants us to accomplish because the time is short. In Ephesians 5, it talks about redeeming the time for the days are evil. Amen. And, and, and really what it means is to make the most of the time so we need to make the most of our days we need to understand that the Lord is coming you know it, it's so easy to get to slip away and get distracted by the world and what's going on but we really need to have a focus on what God wants to do amen what he's doing in our midst knowing that every single day matters it means something and and I don't want you to get all you know in anxiety and stuff like that like you like you do when you're watching the hourglass slip away you know I don't want you to feel like like, oh my gosh, you know, we're not doing anything, or we're not getting enough done, or anything like that. But just being mindful of it is something that's very important. And it's incredibly important for a church, because we can get into a stale position. You know, I actually want to put this out there, because this is one of the things that the Lord started kind of dealing my heart on. If you come from another, if you come especially from Mayville, and you come here and you know, you're here week in and week out, you know, you need to ask yourself, like, what, what, are, you, what are you coming here for? You know, what's the purpose of you being here? And, and, and maybe it's just to bring a supply to the service in the sense that you're just going to sit there and amen once in a while. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe you come for the word or whatever. But you understand that God wants to do something in all of us Amen? He wants to do something uh, regardless of where we're at, when we're at. And th- and that's the problem. You know, my wife always, you know, encourages people to go out into the community and bring people in. But, you know, a lot of us, we're in the community anyways, right? We go to a job somewhere. And if, if we don't, we probably go shopping somewhere. And and if you don't do that, if you're just a hermit, well, then you need to break out of that and get out of your house. Amen? And just go do something. Just go find something to do. I don't care if you go for a walk. I don't care if you just go out, uh, you, you, you know, and, and, and just, just strike up a conversation with one person. Hey, grab the mailman and, and say hi to him. I don't care what it is, but you know, uh, just the other day, I, I had this ex- example, or this, this, this opportunity, I didn't even realize what it was. My son Caleb came home from work early, because he was he had finished his job, and he was off-site, and they let him go home early, and it was a little bit after lunchtime, but I hadn't had lunch yet, so I said, Caleb, I said, why don't we go grab lunch? Because uh, I like any opportunity I can to, you know, take my kids and go do something, and so, so it was like, let's go grab lunch. And I asked him where he wanted to go, and he's like, he didn't really care. So we ended up going, there's this little restaurant in Mayville, we ended up going there. But when we go there, we end up talking to the. I, uh, I end up talking to you know the the young woman who's behind the counter. I end up talking to her and just striking. She was very pleasant, very nice. I'd never seen her before, even though I'd been to the restaurant many times. But here here it was. We we're just having this conversation with her, you know, talking and, and and she comes and brings our food to us. And she had recognized Caleb. She's like, "Do I know you from somewhere?" And they come to find out they went to the same school together, and she wasn't quite still wasn't quite sure. Uh, but <laughs> he said, "I'm Mrs. Mitchner's son." And she's like, oh, okay. So she remembered she had had my wife as a teacher. And she's like, do you, you know, and I had asked her if she lived in Mayville. And she said, yes, she does now or whatever. And she asked me if we lived there or if we had always lived there. And I said, no, actually the reason that we, we came to Mayville is because we were we came up here to plan a church. And she's like, really, what church? And so I told her, I said, it's the church down across from the tennis courts, you know, down by the, you know, I give her the name I just said that I was sharing the location I find sometimes that's a lot um, more effective and she goes the family church and I'm like yes that's the one and and she she knew what I was talking about and she said she said oh she's like I used to go to church and I've been wanting to go back she's like what time do you have service on Sunday she's like maybe we'll be able to stop in I really and I I wasn't presenting the information like I wasn't like hey we have a church why don't you come she was the one that was was pursuing and she actually in the meantime and all this time she started getting busier and busier and busier you know all the customers and stuff and she said I'll be back to talk about this so she made all the effort that there was to come talk to me about it amen but just being out in the community and being willing to talk and looking for God in my day it was like literally one of those opportunities that just presented itself because I was somewhere that I wasn't going to be an hour before amen so see, when we learn to follow that unction, sometimes it's just our, our, God will lead us by our own desires. Maybe it's just like, oh, you know what? I want to go buy something at the store all of a sudden. And so you go out. But expect God when you go out into your day. Amen? Amen. What are we doing? Why are we doing this thing? You know, wh- you, you know, you can go to the grocery store and just say, well, i got to get groceries. That's why I'm going. Or you can go to the grocery store and say, hey, this could be a divine appointment. I'm open to God to show me. And see, when you go to that go that way, you're going to start seeing those divine appointments. Amen. And uh, that's really what this uh, that's really what this church needs. That's what this and not that this church has got to be something, but 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 the purpose of us being here is to be that wherever we go, yeah. you know, to bring those things. And maybe sometimes you will contend with people, and you'll you'll have the same person you'll invite a thousand times, but a thousand and one, and they'll come. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But let's go ahead and get into the Word today. What are we doing? Let's start over there in Proverbs 19. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Praise Jesus. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. I read it this way: that the counsel of the Lord—that is the thing that's going to stand. That's the thing that will last. We can make up plans, you know. And this is the thing about mankind: it's easy, especially if you're spunky, if you're excited, or whatever. You know, you can make up all okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to, I'm going to. You know, I come up with all these ideas. But you know, it's God's plans that matter. It's God's plans that stand. You know, I, I've said this before in recent times, I think it was in Mayville, maybe on Tuesday night, we had that financial seminar, I uh, ended up preaching a whole message, so I wish I actually would have put it online, but it's good that it didn't, you know, you know, it's fine that it didn't, or whatever, it's just one of those things, but, uh, you know, it was just, there was an awesome, uh, you know, the Lord, just a lot of unction about uh, stewardship, financial stewardship, which is a real blessing, but, you know, um, and that's why I love church, because, you know, church, the way we do church, sometimes it's so impromptu. Like, we weren't planning on it being that way. It just ended up being that way. And, and, and glory to God for it. Um, but, uh, you, you know, uh, what was, where was I going with all this? Uh, I had a thought. Uh, you, know, people, you know, people come up with plans all the time. They come up with their ideas of how things are going to go or how they should do things. But very rarely uh, do people really consult the Lord. Do they really consider, is this something that God has for me to do? You know, and it, as the thing that I've learned is more and more as we go on is that this, you know, we only have so much time to accomplish what it is we're going to accomplish here. And we have a tendency to get wrapped up in, in whatever, you know, uh, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. But in all of that, you know, uh, we, we, we so often, we even churches, they get built around, you know, uh, there, there's a need for, for churches in a lot of places. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you just go start a church in a place. Amen? Uh, you know, all of these things have to be God's plans because it's God's plans that in the end will stand. I, I remember where I was going with this. In the financial seminar I brought up, the one thing that people are not going to do is they're not going to stand before Jesus someday. And Jesus is going to look at them and say, you know, congratulations on, on building that bank account congratulations on having on all those investments he's not going to say congratulations because you had the nicest house on the block or congratulations because you know you you you, uh, you you know you made it 40 years and then you retired instead of 39 years you know god he's not going to say those types of things those aren't the things that, that he's going to look at he's not going to say hey congratulations that you uh, you know you got well known in your community for 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 uh, you, you know uh, you know, I don't know, building trails and stuff like that, you know, all of these things can be good things, I'm not taking away from any of those, I'm not saying that these things can't be effective or can't be a a good thing to partake of in life, but that's not what the Lord is going to congratulate us on, in fact, we're probably going to be ashamed a little bit more of those things when we focus too much on those things. You know, I built this business from the ground up. It became this. You know, it started here and I became, I got, well, if you didn't do it for the glory of God, if it isn't benefiting the kingdom of God, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be worthless. And you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to answer. And you're going to be very surprised. You'd be very surprised that God isn't going to be patting you on the back for doing that. Oh, you had 20 number one hit songs. Praise Jesus. Well, Jesus would say, "Praise Jesus," but he might say, "Praise God." You know, he's not going to say that those types of things to you. You know, um, and I, I think about that often when I think about my life. You know, there's this one particular project. Actually, I'll just you know I'm just going to share it with you. My grandfather was a uh, you know he was a minister and he was a he he was a good man of God. He he he. I've, many times over the years, I had a lot of people come up to me in. Uh, you know, and they, uh, they 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 said you know, shared about how much my grandpa helped them and stuff like that in, in spiritual things, and so that would bless me to hear that. But you know, uh, towards the end of his life, and 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 I don't know why it was, but he got wrapped up into some projects, you know, and did all these different projects. And one of these projects that he did, and you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of it, the proud of it to, to see it. But he he restored, and I actually was the one that got him connected to it. But he restored this old trolley that was an original trolley that ran on the streets of Jamestown. They took it off the road, or, you know, off the, the they, they took it out of service probably sometime in the in the late 1930s. And it became a hunting camp, and then it got stuck in the woods as a hunting camp, and there it mostly rotted away. And then this guy that I had met through a series of, of weird occurrences, this guy that I had met had ended up dragging it out and had it stashed away in a bus garage in downtown Jamestown. And I, I went, I, I went and saw it and was really excited about it. And this thing was a wreck, and I thought if there's was anybody who could restore this it's my grandpa and so just being an excited young man I went to my grandpa and I said grandpa you should come look at this so he came and looked at it with me and told the guy that it was hopeless he should probably just let it let it let you know let let it go and uh, but a few years later he was at this guy didn't let it go and a few years later he was at this some event somewhere and he saw this guy uh, had, had, was still trying to do this trolley thing and my grandpa was bored at the time I guess so he decided that he was going to start restoring it so that's what he did and you know and I got opportunity over those years uh, I, I I would stop down once in a while uh, where it was and sometimes I'd take my daughter uh, with me because uh, she was uh, she was real young and I had her all the time then and so I would, I would take her with me and there were some pictures of us helping grandpa work on this trolley and he got it mostly restored before he died and you know, the, uh, there's a man that that still runs it, and I, I I actually am quite fond of him. He's a really great guy. Um, his name is Bob, and, and and you know, he he's you know he's getting to this place where he's getting older and he wants to see this thing go somewhere. And he's offered it. He even offered it to me. He's like, I'm kind of hoping that you'll want to take it over and, and run with the legacy. Because, you know, if you leave things in foundations, sometimes they just get stuck out in the weeds again somewhere, and then all the work was for naught. And why am I saying all this? I know I, I am actually going somewhere. There's a purpose to me saying this. And everything in me, there's a part of me, it's like, hey, I want to continue my grandpa's legacy and do this. But when I compare that to winning souls, yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's just not much excitement in it to me, and even though there's parts of me that just really want to be part of it, and I do help out just for my grandpa's legacy, the thing is, is I don't want to stand before Jesus and say the greatest thing that you did was was keep this trolley uh, going, yeah, yeah. and it, and it's a pretty impressive project. I mean, it's a pretty amazing thing, and you know we have wonderful things, you know, museums and stuff like that because people cared, and I'm not taking that away. But I'm saying if those are the greatest things that we do, they're not, uh, we didn't do anything very great. And I remember in the end of my grandfather's life, um, one of the things that he did was, uh, he, I remember him being very uh, contemplative, uh, thinking about the things that, uh, you know, life. And he told us, uh, it, was right, it, was around, uh, it was around my grandma's birthday, was it uh, July 31st? Uh, It was her birthday, and uh, we we were having ice cream. That was after he got the diagnosis for cancer, Uh, and it was a particular, a very aggressive... terminal cancer that there was no cure, no um, treatment for, and so it was just, they just sent him home to die. They gave him 4.2 months, I think he lived 9 point something months after that. And uh, in grandpa fashion, he had to go just a little bit longer, you know, but the, the point was in that last period of time, he would talk to us a lot, and uh, or he would talk to me a lot, and sometimes it wasn't always fun, because, you know, he was dealing with this fact that he was facing eternity. But one of the things that I saw in my Grandpa's uh, my grandpa's speech, I saw it in his I saw it in in the conversations was that he was he was considering his life all the time and every once in a while he'd say I should have done this a little bit better I should have done this a little bit better and I don't want to be sitting there in the end just looking (laughs) at things saying well now I can't do anything about it but I want to be making the most of it so what are we doing why do we do this thing? Why do we come to church? Why are we Christians? Why do we Why do we serve God? Why, why any of this stuff? And you might think, you know, things in life, uh, you, you know, don't matter. Even things like the, a, a video camera uh, don't matter. But if those are the things that open the door for that one thing to happen, that gets one more person or reaches that person, you know, there's always things that will be undone, you understand. But there's always more that we can do. And where that comes from is having a, a, a desire... Uh, you know, I've been making a lot of comments lately, uh, even on my, my family, I, that, that I have a growing desire to be with the Lord. And, you know, I'm not saying that I want to check out early, so I'm not I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is I realize, you know, the further I move in life, the closer I want. I just want to be with the Lord because I realize that's the ultimate goal. But there's something for us to accomplish here, and I want to fulfill that first. Amen? Praise God. And it's just, life is just too short to just forget about that, to just be so wrapped up and it's like, you know, we could spend years trying to figure out how to do something or we can just just throw it all in with God and have him bleed that way. See, it's the counsel of the Lord that stands. It's the things that he'll show you. And God ain't going to show people he ain't interested. You know, if you're not seeking it, the Bible says to seek and you'll find. What does that really mean? What does he talk about? Knock and the door will be open. What does he really mean by that? He means you get hungry for the things of God. Why didn't God just open in the first knock? Why does he say to not keep knocking? Why does he say that? Because it's got to matter to you. Yeah. See, God wants it to matter. He wants the work to matter to you. And I don't just mean the work being the church, but the work of the ministry, the things that God is calling us into. He wants it to matter to you. He wants you to look at listen, enjoy this life. There's things to to tap into this life. But if you're spending too much time worrying about how you're going to get things done, see, you're just distracted. If you're worried about, oh, if you're spending too much time, I I just got to make another extra $100 or an extra $1,000 so I can pay off my mortgage or I can pay off this. See, if you're wrapped up in all that, you're already distracted from the things of God. The Bible says to trust the Lord because he will bring it all to pass. That he, that he says if, 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 you, if, you, uh, if you nix the anxiety and you throw it all in with God, he will make your life, he will show you the path of righteousness. He will show you the path of life. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. In fact, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 119. And the reason I love it, it's the longest psalm, but one of the reasons I love it is because over and over and over in Psalm 119, you see the same thing. You know, revive me according to your word as one of them. Show me, you know, lead me according to your word. Yeah. He's just like, he's just pleading with the Lord, just show me, just, he keeps coming, and you just see that, this long psalm, I mean, it's drawn out, the longest psalm, it's like, uh, you know, a hundred and some so, uh, you know, uh, verses long, and, and, and here he just keeps, the psalmist just keeps coming back, just like, just seeking God, just hungry for God. Brothers and sisters, that's not seeking and asking. Yeah. That's what that is. Just keep coming back to God, Lord. I want to know Your way. I want to know Your path. I want to know what You have for me to fulfill. I want to accomplish what You're what You're trying to do. Looking for God, and then when you seek, man, when you, if you ever play hide and seek, you don't passively sit by, wait for someone to run by. No, you're looking under everything. You're like, there's no way that somebody could fit under that flower pot, but I'm looking anyways. Yeah. Why? Because you're hungry for it. You want to find them. You're going to exhaust every single day. You know, I, I've been, I, I, have, I have a shop vac that I have been looking for for a week and a half. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I have been looking. Now, I have a couple shop vacs, and I have them from different places. But I got this one old one, and I've been looking for it for a week. The life of me, I can't find that thing. And it's not a small thing either. I mean, it's, pretty, it's, it's a pretty sizable one. It's a good-sized one, you know. But I can't. You didn't borrow it, did you? Praise the Lord. I just figure I better ask while we're at it. You didn't borrow it, did you? No. Every once in a while, I lend Josh something too, but not very often. But uh, every once in a great while. But uh, you, you, you know, like I, I've been looking for it, but I'm telling, I have looked in the same places 50 times. Why? Because I'm hungry to find it, and I'm just gonna make sure that I just didn't for some reason I didn't overlook it. You know what I mean? I'll find it at some point, I think. But uh, praise God, that's hungering for, thirsting for things. See, how do we run at the plate? If we're spending this time that we're here, just focus on. You know, know, listen, there's things we have to focus on in the day, and that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, every once in a while you need to go take a break and go on a vacation somewhere, and and that's okay, you can do that. Praise God. But man, I'm looking for God everywhere I go. I'm just not going to do it. I'm so hungry for the Lord. I'm just going to keep looking for him everywhere I go and everything, every conversation and every place. And, and you know what? My prayer is to God is to, to help me do that more. Help me to find it more. Praise God. If you're stuck, look for him where you're stuck. If you're going, look for him where you're going. Amen? And see, when, only when people really get hungry, what are, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? You know, we, we, we can passively, you know, there's, there's this thing. You know, Surely all people have done it. I remember growing up in a church. You know, my grandparents took me to church. I remember growing up in a church, and you see all kinds of different people. Uh, You you, you see people doing all kinds of things. They're just doing their, their weekly thing. They're going to church. They're living their life doing whatever they're doing, and they come back. You know, and in some respects, I saw my grandpa get into that somewhat, too. You know, as he, as he got older and, and, and more away from the ministry, there's things he did, obviously, for, for the things of God, but not like he did in the beginning. And I'm not, I'm not coming down to my grandpa. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. I just don't want to be in that place where I'm, uh, you, you know, I'm not recognizing what God wants to do with me now. And I don't want to stop doing that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. 31. Go ahead and bring it up. I love this scripture, and this got thrown into the message at the last minute. He says, if, if we would judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. I love that it says, if we would judge ourselves rightly. It doesn't just say, if we judge ourselves. It says, if we judge ourselves rightly. See, we judge things all the time. Yeah. But do you know that we can judge things rightly, or we can judge them wrongly? Yeah. Amen. You, you know, there's a scripture that talks about uh, uh, correctly Discerning the word, or correctly, uh, what's the word? The what's that? Rightly dividing the word. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's a King James Version, maybe the New King James Version too, but rightly dividing the word, to, to look into the word, not just to look at the word. Actually, that was one of the things that the Lord was dealing with me kind of before services, as in, you know, kind of in prayer and before him. That was the thing, one of the things he was dealing with me on is, is that, you know, the word is what the word is. The knowledge is what the knowledge is. You don't get to change that by revelation. Your revelation, I, I didn't plan on talking about this, is what, part of what I was going to ask you to talk to me about but I believe this to be true. That, that we don't get to just have revelation of a scripture. It just get to look at the scripture a new way. That's not what the way the scripture was written. Try, try, build, or try making a cake looking at a recipe with new revelation. You know what I mean? I mean, you might be able to add different things into it, but brothers and sisters, you don't just get to change it. There's some certain principles to baking that just are there. And there's certain principles to the Word that are just there. You don't get to just change it because now you've got some kind of new idea about it. Amen. No, we have to look at it for what it says. The application to our life sometimes is where the revelation comes in. That's free, no charge. But uh, there's a way to wrongfully divide the word. There's a way to wrongfully judge ourselves. How do we wrongfully judge ourselves? Well, if you judge yourself based on your opinions, you've wrongfully judged yourself, even if it's right. You still wrongfully judge yourself. How, how can I say that? Because you're not using, you're, you're using a, a method that's biased, even if it works in your favor, doesn't make it right. Even if it works right accurately, it doesn't make it right. We need to rightfully judge. And the reason we need to be in the habit of rightfully judging ourselves is because sometimes we won't be right in our, in our thoughts. Sometimes you're going to need an, an outside perspective. And the outside perspective we need is that of God's. We need His perspective on what we are doing. How, uh, you know, if I judge my my actions according to the Word, then then I'm more accurately judging them than I could by asking somebody. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now that doesn't mean you can't ask anybody, but if we would rightfully judge our days, if we would rightfully judge the thing that we're doing, I have a feeling that we would we we would see. A lot of people do is they, they, they go trying to justify an action. They come to the Word. It's just like if you want to know, if, 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 brothers and sisters, we have all done this, so don't feel like I'm, I'm picking on any one person in here. Uh, it really is on all of us. But I, uh, the reason I can speak about this is because I've done it so freely before. <coughs> but when I want to justify what I'm doing, I've gone, I don't know how many times I've gone to the Word trying to prove something and the Lord says, that's not right. My spirit, I hear those words. That's not right. You, you want it to be right, but that's not right. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. Oh, there's people that they justify their sin all the time because they go to the Word and they say, well, well, th- this or that, I can prove this here or prove this here. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, so you're trying to prove your point. You're going at it wrong. You don't go to the Word to back up what you're saying. You go to the Word to find out what the truth is, change what you're saying. Yeah to either go along with the word. See, this is the, you know, people do this kind of stuff all the time. It's like, you know, uh, I, I love this. There's certain things in the Bible that it just doesn't give us scripture. I was studying this out. I don't know why I got on, on this. You just because I'm around people, you know. Well, listen, I'm just going to tell you, brothers and sisters, if you read the King James Bible, I love you. I have no issue with that. I don't have any issue with you. But one thing I do have an issue with is people that are what they call King James only. Yeah. And one of the reasons is, is because that same kind of thought process is in religion on all kinds of things. And this is where I'm going to bring it out. This is, this is, this is where our, there's no scripture that tells us that there's one version, one translation to read. <laughs> Just like there's no scripture that tells us specifically what a church service is supposed to look like. Now, there are scriptures that tell us things that happen in church services. You can't judge a church service just based on on scripture, the idea, well, it's got to look like this, or it's got to look like that, because God didn't give us those kinds of things. You know what else? God didn't do that with his prayer. God gave us many ways to pray. He gave us and talked about prayer many times in scripture, but he didn't say, pray this way all the time. Never does it say that. There are things that say, like, pray in the Spirit, but it doesn't even say all of what praying in the Spirit looks like. Amen. It gives us pieces of what praying in the Spirit looks like. But, you know, sometimes praying in the Spirit looks different than it does in other times. Sometimes church is going to look different than it does in other times. So we don't judge it by those things. Why didn't God give us those directions? Why didn't he say, you know, you know why, why didn't he just give us a King James Bible or a non-King James Bible or whatever? See, people that get caught up in that stuff are wrongfully judging truth. They're wrongfully judging uh, what God is doing in their midst because they're judging it by human standards. See, they get caught up in ways that, you know, the same thing happens in denomination so often. And again, I, I always share this, that non-denominational is just as denominational as any other denomination. So even if you say that, you know, that you're still there's still a denomination uh, aspect to it. But so often and Jesus dealt with this, and we shouldn't be so surprised. Jesus said, He said, All too well you hold to your traditions, and you may deny the commandments of God. Yeah. What was he saying? You would rather have your traditions than you would what I'm saying. Yeah. See, this is the these are the things we have to break away from, amen. These are the things of this idea. But again, it's right if we would rightfully judge, we would not be dr we, we would not be judged. Yeah. Glory to God. One of the questions that we can really truly judge ourselves by, one of the questions we can ask, is, is God being glorified in what I'm doing? You want to know if something you're doing is right according to the word or sinful or not? Here's a good way of doing it. If I were doing this thing before the Lord Jesus right now, or would I feel comfortable doing this before the Lord Jesus? And could I say, I'm bringing glory to you, God, by doing this thing? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, there's a lot of things I would say that we would do, we would find probably wouldn't hold up under that kind of scrutiny. But do we question ourselves, is God being glorified in our midst? Ask yourself, is God being glorified by what I'm doing as I'm connected to other believers? Is God being glorified? in this conversation I'm having? Is God being glorified in the way that I just talked to my spouse? Is God being glorified in the way that I just talked to my friends? Is God being glorified by the way I treat, treated uh, my pastor? Is God being glorified by the way that I listened to the word? Is God being glorified by me rejecting and fighting? Is God being glor- See, if we ask this question, this can get us so much further. These actions, this, this, these thoughts that I'm dealing with, is God being glorified in my thoughts? Hallelujah. You see, it's a simple question, but it judges rightly. And if you would judge yourself rightly, you wouldn't be judged. We, 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 we understand that we could break away from some of these things, some of these questions, some of these things. Like, you know, uh, uh, it, 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 there's so many areas where this applies to. Is God being glorified in what we do? I asked the Lord this, you know, like, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily want to do this or that, but is God being glorified in it? And if God's being glorified in it, then when somebody asks me something or somebody doesn't like it, that's fine. Because I can say to them, well, I'm glorifying the Lord in it. I'm not trying to glorify you. I'm not glorifying your opinion. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, sh- should, I, uh, should I give into this offering or that offering? Well, is God going to be glorified if you do? How about this? Is God going to be glorified if you don't? Should I support this work or that work? Is God going to be glorified if you do? Is God be, going to be glorified if you don't? You see these questions or this question is so simple, but it really can get us to a place of understanding real quickly if we allow it to. Now turn with me to James, I've been doing a lot of study in James this week, especially. Um, I' just been I just find myself uh, caught up there and I believe there's a lot of good things in it for us. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> James 2. You know, this, and, and this is the age-old question here. Faith and works, faith and works, faith and works. Grace and works, praise the Lord. Well, we're not saved by works. Of course not. We're saved by grace. The thing that saves us has nothing to do with what we've done. Nothing at all with what we've done. But is God glorified in us doing nothing with it? You know, there's so many people that are saved and that's it. You say, what are you really doing for the Lord? Like, listen, and I'm not just talking about I'm not just talking about things like, you know, man, man, I I I clean the church. Well, that's a wonderful thing. But but what are you doing for the kingdom of God? You know what what are you really? What, where, where's your heart really in this thing? You know, I, I I I serve once a week or whatever. That's that's wonderful. But if that's all that we do, if this is all that we bring, what are we really bringing? Uh, James chapter 2, verse 14, we'll read down through verse 26, it says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body... What use is that? You know, these words, they, 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 they call to me and they, they, they almost haunt me sometimes. You know, what, what use is it? Like, what am I doing? Like, when, when I'm faced with a situation, I'm like, Lord, what could I possibly do here? What? I don't even know what to do. Have you ever been in this? I mean, there's many situations right now where, 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 I, where I, I was coming to God because I'm just like, God, you're showing me all this need, but what can I possibly do? Yeah. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me and told me that it wasn't about necessarily me trying to accomplish everything, but to accomplish something, to be something in 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 the path when I'm put in the path of someone to be something there to so to do to learn to seek Him and to do what I can do in that moment, Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know to just say uh, just to, to say these things to say you know just to tell you know uh, to just tell somebody about how good your Jesus is, but never to show them. I mean that's a huge. There's a huge difference between those two things. You know, and so often we, we, we're, we're passive about it like that. We just kind of, you know, if I just, if I just say something, you know, and, and, you know, maybe if I just give somebody uh, some money and, and, and instead of talking to them and seeing where they're at. Hallelujah. You know, um, of course, both of those things can be good, but maybe those things need to happen together. Um, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is uh, without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for the body, what, what use is that? And, you know, the idea here is speaking to people of faith. Like, it's not speaking to people that, it didn't say, you know, only if you're a rich person does this apply to you to supply. It never says that. No, it says, you know, that we, we do what we can do. Like, if we don't, if we have opportunity presented before us, and we don't look at what we can do, you know, most of us look at what we can't do. So, well, I can't do that, so I'm just not going to. You know what I mean? You might not say those words, but that's essentially what you're saying. If you say, well, I just can't do that, so I, just, I guess I'm going to ignore it. But see, that's not faith. You understand you've just missed the opportunity. See, we we, we so often we're like, well, I'm I, I'm not articulate. Like, listen, if I if I stood on the fact that I wasn't articulate and couldn't speak in front of people, I'd never have pastored one church, let alone two. I would have never spoken uh, spoken to anybody about the gospel because I never was articulate. I never was gifted in that area. I was never given some some uh, you, you know ability to orate things to the point where people uh, you, you know wanted to listen even like I I I didn't have anything in me. I wasn't I, you know I wasn't given some kind of you, you, you know a wonderful stage presence or anything like that. You know, I just didn't get those things. I look at myself and I think, dear Lord, all well, the things that I'm not. And if I focus on those things, I never would be what God is using me for. Amen? Praise God. I'm too short. You know, my, my, my hair's not right, or it's not growing this place, you know, or, or, or it's growing too much in this place, or, you know, my teeth are crooked, or something like, you know, it's like whatever, whatever it is that we can get wrapped up in, but we get wrapped up in all those things that don't matter. Amen? Praise God. <clears throat> Where was I? Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. Being by itself. So, you can claim you have faith all day long, but if you're not doing anything with it, if it's not producing anything, and I'm not saying producing, like some people look at their faith, well, if I've made a certain number, look at that person's faith. They're rich. Listen, your money, your amount of money you have has nothing to do with the faith you have. I'm just going to say it plain and simple right now. I'll argue that all day long because the Bible never applauds anybody for having a lot of money. It only applauds people for what they do or don't do with it. It never says you did great. Yo, look how you never see somebody say, oh, they have great faith in the Bible because they have a certain amount of money or because they have a certain amount of property or because they have a certain amount of goods. You understand, like, like, like the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible always looks at those things and says, "says What are you doing with those things?" Praise God, you know. And, and so, if we would focus on that. And I'm not saying that God you know you know there's the other extremes and people say, well God just wants you poor that's stupid too uh, you, you, you know none of those things is uh, God wants his people blessed. there's no doubt about it I have no no doubts about that but you can't judge a person's spiritual uh, spirituality i see people there's a certain minister I'm not going to say his name, but there's a, a certain minister that's incredibly wealthy I don't know. He has the greatest faith for finances and stuff like that. It's like, you you know, he has a platform to be able to speak to tons of people to give into his his, his ministry. That proves nothing. If I sit there and preach message after message about how you need to give me money so you can be blessed, guess what, I'm going to get a certain number of people that will pour into me just because of that. Sure, there's a lot of people that won't, but there's a lot of people that will. And if I get a television program or if I get some kind of uh, ability to do that, that doesn't, that doesn't prove anything. What are you doing with that money? Praise God. What are you doing with your abilities? Hallelujah. I don't want people, you know, if people look at my life, you can judge my life. Go ahead. So you want to judge my life? Judge it. The best that I know how, I'm following God. I'm, I'm using my time the best that I know how. That doesn't mean every single day is perfect, but I'm doing it the best I know how. Glory to God. You know, it, 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 like, so if people want to judge it, that's fine. They can judge it. But I'm just saying, like, we, we, we don't judge things just by what appears what somebody has. It's what are they doing with what they have. Amen? If you have the, you, you, you know, it, it, listen, and, and that doesn't just mean if you have a lot that you should be doing more. No, because, the, because Jesus said the woman who gave the two pennies, they had nothing. He said she, he said she did more than everybody. Where was the last time we, we, we heard that, you know? That, 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 and I'm not saying, oh, okay, if you're poor, all you need to do is give into the church offering and you'll be blessed. That's not what I'm saying either. But are you seeking God with what you have, with where you're at? What, what, you can't say that you have faith and not be doing anything with it. Amen? <clears throat> Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. But someone may say well, or may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. I love that, that, that James was bold enough to say that. He said, I'll show you my faith. You want to see my faith? Look at what I do. That's that simple. Look what I do. How are you spending your Saturday night? Right? I mean, seriously. How are you spending your Sunday morning? How are you spending your Tuesday night? How are you spending your Monday afternoon? You know, whatever it is, you, you understand. Like all of these things we can judge. Now, of course, you know, we you know, if you have to go to work, you have a job, a full-time job, you, you can't feel bad about that. That doesn't mean, but if you're using that job for the betterment of the kingdom, you're supplying for your family, you're supplying for your local church, you're supplying for works that are out there, you're, you're trying to see the kingdom of God available to praise the Lord. Your job is being used exactly what it's meant to be used for. But, you know, see, these, the understanding of these, these things, this isn't a, a one-and-done type of thing. The faith walk isn't a one-and-done type of thing. It isn't, oh, look what I did once upon a time. It's, no, what are you doing right now? And I, I bring my grandpa back into this because one of the things, again, I saw in those end days was, was he was processing over and over and over again. He was processing what he had been doing. He wasn't processing, he wasn't talking about, he wasn't thinking about all the things that he had done in the past. But what is he doing now? And the same thing with us. When does that stop? It should never stop. What are we doing right now? I told my wife, and I mean this with all my heart, with all sincerity, I wish I could go back to talk to the 18-year-old me with the knowledge of the things because there was years from the time I was, uh, till the time I was 28 was when the time I started serving God, there was years that were lost. And God says, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, we can could, we could redeem that to a degree. There is an understanding of that. But there's no doubt there were still years there lost. And I want to go back to that time when I could have been most effective and be more effective. But you know how I honor them? By, by, by trying to be as effective as I can be today. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is just what Christians should be like. This is just the thought process. And these are the thoughts. And the fact that this is what Christians should be lo- like is the argument I use for myself every time I don't feel like doing it. Because most days I don't feel like being good and doing what's right. Most days I don't want to come back. Most days I don't want to keep, but I keep telling myself that same thing. That's what's right. Faith without works is dead. You can't sit there and preach this stuff. If you're not doing it, you got to get it again. And if you didn't do it yesterday, well, you better do it today. And if you didn't do it today, well, you better do it tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying is that we have to be driven towards these things, the things of God. We have to be driven with our works. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord! You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But you are willing to. Re- but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? I'm a Christian, but I don't do anything. Useless, useless. Actually, I'm going to get into this tomorrow. I'm preaching on the gifts or, or the fruits of the Spirit and. Uh, uh, as in Galatians 5:22, uh, you know I, I'm preaching on those uh, in Mayville, and, and uh, I'm uh, one of the the word, uh, one of the words used for the word kindness, which is a fruit of the spirit, is useful. And I'll get into that tomorrow more, but that's interesting. You know the Bible calls us to be useful, not useless. But the Bible says here that if you, if, if faith without works is useless. Was not Abraham's father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned back to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. It does it, it's dead, it's worthless, it's useless. What are we doing? Amen. You know, my wife and I we go back and forth about this stuff because you know one of the since I'm able to be in full-time ministry the way I am is because she has full-time job plus she works other jobs that supplies our household we don't have to rely on the money that comes in from uh, f- from the churches to, t- to take care of us now I'm not saying it's not a help but I'm just saying that we sur- we couldn't we couldn't survive as a family in the town that we do on that on that income um, so, but sometimes in that process, the reason I bring that up is sometimes in that process, you know, my wife feels like well, what she can have the tendency to feel like, but what am I doing? You know, and my, you know, obviously we know she does a lot, you know, she's not staying there, you know, she doesn't stay in the mindset, but you know, every once in a while the devil tries to attack as he does all of us in the mind and, and you'll attack and, and, and just have to remind, you know, say, you do a lot for the kingdom of God. My Lord, I mean, you, you, you just think about the, the simple fact that, that, that we are able to do the things that we do, um, mostly because my wife is willing, you know, to do those things and to sacrifice. And it is a great sacrifice. There's a lot of things she gives up to do so. Um, but, you know, th- th- so that's the thing. We can't get wrapped up think thinking just sometimes because we're doing the natural thing. You know, I know mothers go through this a lot. You're a mother taking care of a child, and you think, well, I'm not not contributing much to anything. Well, if you raise that kid right, you certainly are. Because we have a whole world of, of kids that aren't being raised, right? And we can see the destruction and the damage that caused. It certainly isn't promoting the body of Christ. Amen? So, you know, we, we, we need to honor that as well. And you need to understand that there's periods of time, too, you know, especially when they're young. You know, I remember my wife going through that um, when, when, when uh, Ezra was really, really young baby. You know, it was really difficult uh, in that area. But praise God. Not for the d- difficulty, but for his goodness in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. But just as a body, a body without the spirit is dead, so also is faith without works. See, we may claim spirituality or that we live for God, but what do our works say? You can claim whatever you want. Say, oh, I'm a, I'm a good Christian. But what do your works say? What do, you, what do you do? And brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to get us into some kind of condemnation. Please understand what I'm saying. But if, if I if I stood in a pulpit and didn't challenge you to consider your days, that you you would rather have me do it now and hear it now than to stand before the Lord and have Him judging it all, saying yeah, it was worthless. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you know we, we need to we need to think soberly, and these things are these things are depressing. You know why it's not depressing? Because if you realize that you're not in the plan of God, or you n- realize that you're not, your works aren't showing it, that you're really connected, and you get yourself connected, there's no greater joy than fulfilling his plan. There's no greater joy than fulfilling that thing that he wants you to do. In fact, it's, it's grown to the point for me that it's almost depressing to live normal life. I, I mean, really, it is. like It's almost like I just don't want that. You know what I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not weird. I mean, I still, but but really, it's like, what 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 can we use? How can we utilize this? Yeah. You know, to to promote the things of God. How can we utilize this? Even if it's rest. Do you realize that even down? You know, when we went through the sickness. Like other people have gone through it, you know, In the uh, few weeks ago, we w- went through it for several weeks, and you know, one of the things that I remember contending with over and over is I'm just laying here like a lump on a log. I, I have no purpose. I have no, there's nothing I'm accomplishing. Meanwhile, the, you know, life is taking. But, but, you know, I was accomplishing something because I was resting my body and I was getting, you know, letting my body do the things to get me healthy again. And of course, it's, you know, sometimes, there's sometimes that sickness comes on us because we haven't done that enough. We haven't taken care of ourselves, and so we we're kind of forced into it, amen? But, uh, uh, you, you, you know, what are we doing, you, you know, overall? What, what, what is the, what, what are we running for? What are we running at this against? You know, some people, they work so they can retire. That shouldn't be a Christian, man. Well, listen, you might retire, and that's fine, but that's not why you should be working. You should be working so you can fulfill the plan of God for your life, and to do that, and, and, and whether you're working or retired doesn't matter. Amen? Praise God, hallelujah. Well, glory. Um, Praise the Lord. Uh, Just bring up Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Of course, this is, uh, uh, I preached on this, I, I think, in Mayville last week with this, but I love this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, when you acknowledge God in your ways, He'll make the paths work out. So many people are having troubles and trials in life just simply because they're they're not following the path of God. You know, they're just they keep running into this, running into that. Listen, the Bible promises. You follow. Listen, what, when I follow God's path, I'm just going to tell you right now. I've proven this out. It doesn't mean it's always easy, but the path is always straight. What I mean is, we always accomplish what we're supposed to accomplish. We keep going. We don't, you know, we don't fall back. Praise the Lord. We just keep going forward in the plan of God. It stirs us to something more, something new. You, you, you know, the path is made straight. Following God is not hard no matter what you do. And in some, you know, some people, I know some people look at me and say, well, you're a full-time pastor. You get to, you get to do this. You understand that I didn't get here just not working. You know, I, I, there was a time where I worked a full-time job. I worked a job that I hated for many years and also served God. And it was through that process that led me to the place I'm at today. Glory to God. Now, that doesn't mean everybody here or anywhere is called to pastor, but following that plan for my life opened up the doors for me to walk in all those things. Look at what God's doing right now. Look for him in your day-to-day. Look for what God is trying to accomplish in you in this moment. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Uh, We're in James still, I think. We went over to Proverbs. Uh, but I want to go back to James real quick. Go to, to, to chapter 4. And this is, this is kind of key here because this is a mistake that so many people make. James 4, verse 13. It says, Come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, and I love this scripture because I'm going to point out something in this. Some people, some, people, some faith people might not like this. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. So sometimes, that, you know, faith people, they don't really like that idea. They're like, what do you mean, if the Lord wills, you'll live and do this or that. The Bible says it you understand that there, 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 there are we, we have to understand that our life is it, it, everything that we do it is not about what we will it is not about deciding. well I will this or I want this and so I'm gonna ask God for this and this is what I'm gonna get that's not what the Bible teaches the Bible teaches us to not look at what we want to do and that's what, exactly what it's saying here stop looking at what you want to, because you don't even know what's gonna to happen tomorrow yeah. amen you know, when I, when I, one, of the, one of the things, all, all the false prophets that pre- predicted the end of COVID didn't predict it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. They didn't predict it coming. Oh, they all predicted it was going to go, and it didn't. But, but, but they didn't predict it coming. And, and it's so interesting to me that that, that that kind of stuff happens. They didn't predict, you know, you, you, you know, when you see all this stuff, you know, people talking, you can talk a big game. But, but what, is really, what is the fruit of what's really going on? You see, we don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow. We don't know. I mean, ever, you know, people get wrapped up in what, you know, the things like the raptures. are pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. To tell you the truth, I don't really know. I, really, I can't go to the scripture and really tell you. I haven't studied it out enough. But I'm really not all that concerned about it. Why? Because of things like this right now. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow could be pre-trib, mid trip, post trip. I have no idea, and I don't really give a rip. You know what I care about? Fulfilling what God has me to do today. Following after what God wants me to do today. I'm not saying that, the, you know, that stuff doesn't matter. But I am going to say this. There isn't enough said about it. If, 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 there's, if there's enough given that it just gives everybody something to argue about, there probably wasn't enough given to answer it either. And there was probably a reason for that. Do you know that the Lord gives us tastes of things that we won't fully understand here? The Bible tells us that. We don't fully understand. And I love people that try to, well, this is the way it's going to be. Oh, yeah? Because it doesn't always seem to work out that way. Well, that's just, you know, you can call me a cynic if you want, but that's just this is my experience, what I've said. And I, listen, I, that's how I judge things. It's like, I, I don't, like, I believe, you know, I believe in all kinds of things. I believe that God is a healer, right? But I don't, get to, I don't believe that everybody, just because they claim it enough, get it. I don't believe that that's true. Why? Because I've seen that the opposite of that happen. And I don't see that in Scripture. You know, there's Christians that live like that. They just throw caution in the wind. Well, God, God whatever God wants will happen, so I'm just going to live whatever way I want. That's stupid, too. you got to live with purpose. you got to live with direction. You have to live using your noggin because God gave you your noggin. You know, some people act like God is against the mind. He's not against your mind. He made your mind. He just said renew it. Amen. Think right about things, but most Christians won't renew it. How do I know? Listen to them argue back and forth. Yeah. Well, we don't need to argue back and forth. We just need to preach the truth, see the truth, preach the truth, embrace the truth. Yeah. If we do those things, we're going to be taken care of. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, but you don't know what you're. So you can make all the plans. I see. I see people do that all the time. I think it, was, uh, I, uh, it wasn't. It was uh, back last year. Um, weather was still nice. Caleb and I went for a walk, and we just we got into this really great conversation. I'm saying people make all these plans all the time. They spend so much time on their plans that they have no. They, they miss God week in and week out, year after year after year after year goes by. They still have done nothing for the Lord, and they sit there and they're still no more closer to their plans. You understand? That's exactly what these scriptures are saying. Stop looking to today or tomorrow. We'll go in such and such a city and do this and that. Build a business and make. But no, just follow what God wants you to do today. Amen. Uh, Praise the Lord. So instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. See, when you come up with your plans, you're you completely rejected what Proverbs three, five, and six says. When you when you've got your plan, this is how we're gonna do it. All right, you ready? This is the, this is the plan. This is what we're gonna do. This is a yeah, this is a funny thing about. There are very few times that God has, and I don't know if this is across the board for everybody if it works this way, but very few times God has given me the whole plan up front. Right. I mean, I literally don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. A lot of times, I don't. But it keeps working. And so I keep doing it. If it stopped working, I'd stop doing it. Because I don't like doing things that don't work. But, you know, as long as I still come to Corey and there's still people that show up, I'm still going to come to Corey. And I might even if not. Just depends on what God has, you understand. But praise the Lord. Uh, You you know, people have such, such a big play. You know, like, if God wanted you to have all the answers up front, he would give them to you. He doesn't want. He wants you to know how to follow him. And praise the Lord. Some people think that Jesus knew everything that he was going to do, all the, all the time. Like he did in a sense, because he spent time with the Lord learning what that was. But Jesus, in who he was, he didn't he didn't have just the ability to know everything just because he wanted to know it. You understand that? Oh, well, praise the Lord. <clears throat> um, we could spend a lot of time on that, but we're not going to. I'll just leave you with it. Um, all such, boast, uh, but you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Um, know what you're supposed to do. You know, we, we 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 need to take the time to know what it is we're we're supposed to do right now. Amen. Praise the Lord, glory to God. And we are going to close because the time has ended. So we'll close in Matthew six thirty four. I guess we can just bring it up the scripture i'm sure we know matthew 6 34 you write it down go to it later it's one you should know anyways amen praise god or maybe we'll have to turn to it we'll see hallelujah well i got it here so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of its own Uh, brothers and sisters our focus is not to be on tomorrow that doesn't mean you can't make some kind of plans for tomorrow It's not saying you can't have some kind of investment for the future. You should. I'm not saying that. But if it's taking so much time, if it's taking so much away from you, you're missing what God is trying to do today. Focus on what God wants you to do today. What is God? You know, and that can extend. When we say today, um, it doesn't necessarily always mean, you know, right today. You might have a good direction for the next few months. Like for the next week, I know kind of the direction I'm going. Right, I, I have plans this week. I, we, you know, I'm going to Reverend Greer. I'm going to see some things. Uh, I, I, I know where we're going. I know the, the path we're going to take. I'm going to get there. Praise the Lord. I have uh, certain things planned out along the way. Glory to God. i got Shoney's planned out at some point. Know that it's just a me thing. It's not because it's anything wonderful. It probably will be terrible. I don't know. But, uh, but it's, planned. it's planned out. But you know, I'm going forward into that plan with expectation that God will move on me and show me new things, that he will reveal things to me that I didn't know before. Amen? So if, if I get halfway there, I was talking to Reverend Rich today, You know the, the one I travel with uh, over, over in Europe, and uh, going back to, uh, I was talking to him today, and we were talking about some things, some possibilities. He was presenting some things to me, and I said to him, I was like, Reverend Rich, I said, if it's a benefit for the, the task that we are sent to do, I'm perfectly okay with whatever. But if it's not, then I'm perfectly okay with not doing it. And that's my standpoint on it. If it benefits the task at hand, praise the Lord. So you might have a task at hand. I got to do this. I got to accomplish this. That's what I got to get done, right? So you do it. Do what benefits that task. But uh, so you might have that much, but be open to the Lord in the process of that task and watch what He does in your life. Amen? God shows us things all the time and it surprises the heck out of me each and every time He does it. But that's why I keep coming back, because it's a fun surprise. Amen?